Do you ever wonder, why do I always seem to give so much more than I get? All I want is to be appreciated and loved. Is that asking too much? Why do all the jerks get the hot girls while I get stuck in the friend zone? When will it ever be my turn? If this sounds like you, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Nice Guy Show. This is the podcast that asks the question, how do I break free from the nice guy syndrome so I never have to come in last again? Now here are your hosts, Faisal Coker and Chuck Chapman. Do you know that one thing that turns women off, but your mother encouraged it? It's mm. comfort. And most guys are now suffering from this. Most nice guys find comfort in everything they do. But what's happening is the more comfort they're looking for, the more it's affecting their relationships, their intimacy, their sex life, and also their work. Comfort is ruining our relationships and ourselves. So how is comfort affecting you? I'm here with Ari and Chuck Chapman to dis- discuss about ways that nice guys seek comfort and what it means. So gentlemen, comfort. How does comfort show up in your life? I like how you, uh, you talked about it. It's like a pandemic of comfort. It's mm. just everywhere. Omnipresent. Yeah, absolutely. I think the nice guys are very much prone to wanting to have comfort. You know, I think that, you know, nice guys in general want a problem-free, smooth life. And what's more problem-free than a life of comfort, you know? And so we have this um, covert contract with the world basically says that if I do everything that everybody else wants, then everybody else, will, if I meet everybody else's needs, they'll meet my needs. And that my need is basically, I don't want to do anything. And I know that's something like even in my relationship with my wife, you know, on the weekend, she'll, she'll give me a list of things that she wants done. And I'm just like, Oh, I just don't want to do anything. You know? So like, why can't we just not do anything and just sit in comfort all weekend long? Like Netflix and chill. Netflix and chill. And I can tell you from experience, it turns her off. She doesn't, she doesn't want that. She wants me to show up and to, to, um, you know, help around the house and all those kind of things. And I don't want to do that. So I resist. And when I resist, then, you know, she gets pissed. And then when she gets pissed, I get no just, you know, what I mean. <laughs> so, so, so does that, does that mean us, Ben, we can't just sit down and have a moment just to have, you know, Relax and chill and, you know, what are your vices that you want to just do? You know, Ari, what do you want to do with your comfort? What shows up? I, I like to, uh, to f- comfort myself with food. Like uh, I got a sweet tooth, so I can go hard on candy, pizza, fried chicken. And I'm not just a – it's not just the type of food, but it's, it's, the, it's the quantity. Like I just want to keep going. So mm-hmm. and I'm conscious of that. It's, it's a self-soothing thing. But I, I, I can go totally unconscious very easily. So I think that's one aspect of this, is that these are automatic behaviors that we can, we can kind of get wired in early on. Like, I mean, I grew up in a household where 
my mom was always baking things. She's still baking things, you know, so I could, I could very easily fall into that. You know, I, I equate baked goods with, with feeling, feeling good and, and meeting my needs. So a little bit of that is okay, but too much is not, you know, other things, you know, I, I know I, I've self-soothed with, uh, with TV, with porn. Uh, with video games. Um, so the list goes on and on. And, uh, you know, even recently, like, I didn't want to fall asleep without the TV on. You know, I, I felt like this entitlement. Like, I deserve this. Like, I have a long day. I, de I deserve this. Um, yeah, it's that voice, isn't it? That, that voice that keeps showing up, you know. And, and it shows up a lot in, well, you know, I, d I deserve another glass of wine or another drink or something I've, I've i've worked i've been to the gym for 20 minutes i deserve all the pizza that's right. why i go to the gym right so i can have the pizza <laughs> yeah. well i can so i can hear that voice i can i can yeah. justify it to myself i can justify you know soothing into my comfort because <laughs> i've i guess there's a part of us that doesn't want us to be entitled but justify it so i'll do something little just to mm -hmm. compensate for the fact that i can go to my comfort so now when are you guys going to comfort? Do you identify certain triggers? For sure. You know, I argue as you were talking, one of the things that came to mind was I can remember being, you know, really young, four or five years old or something like that, going with my mom to the grocery store and I would be bored. And so I'd start fussing and acting out. And my mom would go and she would get me a box of these. I don't know if you guys remember these little animal cracker boxes that um and i would just sit there and eat my animal crackers and veg out you know so i think one of the big trigger for me is when i'm bored it's like i'll just go eat or i'll just sit down and watch you know binge watch tv or i'll just you know go on my computer and do social media you know but when i'm bored that's when that's a big trigger for me to like you were talking about going unconscious, you know? Um, so, so yeah, I think that boredom, that's a big trigger for me. Um, what about anxiety? I mean, that's a huge one, isn't it? When I'm like, for example, I notice myself when I'm anxious and I don't always recognize I'm anxious because there, there are, this is interesting. Did you know there's a lot of guys out there when I start having a conversation with guys and they come to me for work, they don't realize and they would never identify themselves as being anxious, but their behavior is anxiety driven. So for example, uh, one of the anxiety uh, things I do was, you know, I pace up and down. I'd be completely restless, pace up and down. Uh, I would comfort eat. I'd go to the fridge, then come back, then go to the fridge, then come back, go to the fridge, then come back. And these guys didn't identify themselves as being anxious. But when I realized that these are coping mechanisms because we, we don't slow down and stop enough just to feel actually what we're feeling is we quickly mask those uh, anxiety with activity and they didn't realize it's actually anxiety that's what's going on. That's such a good point. And, and I, I was saying earlier that our culture really promotes so many of these behaviors that it, it just, uh, it goes without saying that if you're in the, the checkout line at the supermarket, uh, you're going to get on your phone. 
you know, you're, you're going to distract yourself. You're going to, it, it is comfort. It's, it's, it's not sort of allowing boredom. It's not being present with the situation. So, you know, doing that for a few minutes at the supermarket, no, it's not the end of the world, but if this is kind of your, your main way of dealing with boredom, then you are so soothing something. Yeah. So That's a I'd, great one. All right. Of boredom of like the phone. That would be one for me. Definitely. Like if I'm sitting, like if I'm sitting anywhere waiting for something like, you know, the other day I was waiting for to get some prescriptions filled. What am I doing? I'm on the phone the whole time, you know? So I think that that is a self-soothing thing for boredom or even anxiety of just the anxiety of having to wait for something, you know, and, and how do we deal with that? You know, let's go to the, let's go to the automatic dopamine hit, you know, and start scrolling. That's a great point. Yeah. I think the phone gets everyone. It's got yeah. a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of people and, you know, everything. And here's the thing with, with, when it comes to food, when it comes to uh, social media, you know, we are against these experts who are designing this to exploit our weaknesses in our own programs because they know exactly there was a, there's a really good book called hooked and it, it talks about how to develop a, you know, addictive apps. And, mm -hmm. you know, we are now in a, in a place where, you know, we need a lot of help and support because, you know, for me growing up, the, the message I got was from, you know, Stay in the comfort zone. Do do the easy things. Don't do anything challenging or hard. Whereas you're, you're waiting in the queue. I mean, like sometimes I would go out and I would not take my phone. If I'm going for a walk, I leave my phone behind. And what I notice is I'm, I'm checking my pocket. Where's my phone? Where's my phone? Where, mm -hmm. yeah. And then I'm like, <sighs> calm with yeah. this. So guys, so what was like the, the, the message you got as, as in childhood about comfort? I'd love to hear what was the message that you got about comfort. Well, I think um, going along with <clears throat> this conversation is is it's a, it's going towards comfort and it's avoiding challenge and avoiding things that are hard. You know, that that's sort of the other side of this coin. And I think my parents were loving, but there was more focus on that comfort, and they they didn't want to challenge me too much because they was they were scared that I would fall apart. You know, they they viewed me as a fragile, kind of sad, depressed kid. And on the one hand, I, I was, but I also needed more challenge. I needed to be resilient. And I needed to be taught that I could be resilient. So that that was an additional message that I needed. So, you know, we're we're training kids all the time to not be resilient. Like I, I was thinking about the uh, example of like, you go out to dinner with your child and you, you, you know, well, they've got to sit for 15 minutes before the food comes. And so, well, of course you're going to put a YouTube video in front of them because we can't expect them to have a conversation. Right. Um, so, so we've done this reflexive kind of t teaching them comfort because now we have this device to soothe them, uh, I, you know, and I'm, I'm guilty of it too. But real talk, my my son is in the other room watching YouTube because he had a day off from school and he's not at synagogue. So uh, yeah. guilty as charged. 
Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, um, yeah, I'm thinking about like my daughter, this is, you know, before, before phones, you know, um, but I put in the videotape and put her in front of the uh, front of the TV. You know, that was the babysitter back then. And, um, I think it's something that we all do. We know if we can just, if we can distract the child, then we can do what we want to do. And maybe that's part of what we're actually doing is we're distracting our own inner child. You know, that part of us that wants to explore and have freedom and create. Yeah. I'm a bit older than you guys, a Gen Xer. You know, I was raised, you know, we had three TV channels and, you know, we were, we were outside riding bikes and, you know, hanging out with my friends and everything like that was a different time. But I think that my inner child oftentimes is, is the anxious one. And so to soothe that child, what do I do? Take out entertainment. And instead of like, you know, going out and being and doing and uh, interacting with the world, it's so much easier, especially as an introvert, so much easier for me to just look at my phone or play a game or anything else, you know, than to interact with what's going on in front of me. Yeah, I can, I can see how you, um, I can, I, I'm guilty as well of using, you know, the TV, the social media and say, look, Hey kids, you know, use this instead. And Ari, I love your point about, you know, when you were being raised, um, you know, your parents saw you as a fragile, uh, you know, boy. And that's how I was, I was seen as well. I was seen as, you know, you know, he's fragile. So, uh, the narrative I've got and being brought up all around women, most of the time was women was, you know, don't push yourself. You know, the feminine is a natural security seeking creature. So it likes, com it likes safety. So anything that was competition, anything that was dangerous. And I can see that in my, in my boys as well. I've got two boys and I can see how mom uh, and I, we both approach things differently when, for example, there's something, um, you know, we went go-karting the other weekend and, you know, I'm like, come on fast and we're going to compete. And where she's, she's coming from, you know, guys, be, be careful, be gentle, you know, slow down, don't go too fast around the corners. Whereas I, my narrative is like, you know, we're going to compete on this. And I, and what happens is I, I see a lot of nice guys. What they do is they, they get the female template of growing up. Mm -hmm. And when they have that part, they don't get challenged. They don't get pushed. Uh, they don't get they don't get to see competition in place. They don't get to see hard work, and I think this is why a lot of guys are really struggling. Is you know we have this, Ari, like you pointed out, is, it is a pandemic. We are going towards more feminized guys who are seeking comfort over challenge, and I think this is a big problem for nice guys. Yeah, and, and I think we want to be clear that we're we're not saying that challenge is the thing to do all the time or that you shouldn't take care of yourself or have self-care. I think we, we're suggesting it be healthy self-care activities and things that really soothe you, things that keep you connected to other people and the rest of the world, as, as opposed to some of these things that are unhealthy or more of a distraction. 
Right. And I think, you know, what we're talking about basically is kind of a, a, a centering, right? You need to have both. You need to have the, you need to have the comfort, the downtimes, and you need to have those times when you're, when you're doing, when you're achieving. If we're always seeking comfort, you know, then we're going to be highly over in that feminine energy. If we're always seeking to strive and, you know, build and construct and we never take any time off for ourselves, then we're in that just out of balance over in that masculine side. So it's creating a flow between these two places within ourselves. So knowing when you're, um, you know, when you're exhausted to be able to take care of yourself to, you know, at the end of the day, be like good to yourself. And at the same time, not just always seeking comfort. And we want to be able to kind of move back and forth in between these things, you know, the masculine being the, you know, the, the, um, the doer, the feminine being the receiver. Um, again, we have both masculine feminine energies inside of us. And so we want to be able to balance that out within us. Um, so that's, that's how I see it is making, making sure that you, you're not too much on either side. So how so how do you how do you implement that in your daily life, Chuck? How, how do you achieve that balance? What are your practices? What are your habits? Yeah, so I have um, I have to create some strong boundaries within myself. You know, I create boundaries with other people, but actually making boundaries within myself, like the things that I'll do and the things that I won't do. And um, so I have you know morning ritual where I get up and. Um, you know, I drink my coffee and I come down and I do about 20 minutes of meditation just to kind of start my day. So before I check anything, you know, I'm, I'm wanting to get centered with that. That just gives me a lot of energy and centeredness to be able to kind of go into my masculine and, and hit the day. At the end of the day, I, I have a cutoff time. You know, I stop work at a specific, specific time and, um, I have to really work and I'm not always great. I don't always do this by any means, but, but part of it is um, I'll take my phone and I'll put it into a different room you know, so that I can be present. It's hard, <laughs> you know, cause there's that magnetic pull of like you were talking about Faisal of like, oh, where's my phone? What I'm missing. It's the FOMO. I'm missing out on something. Right. And instead of like just being in the moment, if I can take some time and just be, you know, and center and be with my family or with my friends or whatever it is that I'm doing, um, practicing that mindfulness, I think that's that's one way to do it. But it's hard because there's always one or the other kind of pulling at you. But there's a real consciousness about what you're doing and a real intentionality yeah. about, about it, which I think mm -hmm. is something that people can adopt sort of a consciousness about comfort, about, about challenge, about having routine in your day mm -hmm. that you really have to structure yourself in a way to, to meet your needs and, and soothe yourself in an effective way. There's a lot of skills involved. And creating habits, you know, uh, the James Clear atomic habits, you know, talking about how, I forget what it is. It's a high percentage of, of the things that we do on a day are mostly habits, you know? And so you can't just stop doing something. You have to replace it with something else. Yeah. You know? And 
So replacing checking my email with meditation, replacing, you know, putting my phone in my office is a habit. Those are the things that kind of we can start to build on. But it's a conscious decision. Is email email comfort now? (laughs) What's the FOMO? What am I missing out on? (laughs) Yeah. You still use email? (laughs) (laughs) So, Uh, uh, so Ari, what's your uh, uh, routine or where you get out of the comfort zone? The comfort zone? Um, You know, like Chuck, I, I have different rituals. And, you know, when I look back, yeah, I used to wake up and, you know, I would, <laughs> I, I would get on the internet and, re- you know, read, read the news for a while. I'd take, you know, take, take a long dump and entertain myself <laughs> <laughs> reading. Um, I, I, I was told by a friend that I'm, I'm a person where reading is actually a bad habit. I could av- avoid the rest of the world. That was a side mm. note, though. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, yeah, it took me a while to actually develop really good morning habits and, and become the director of my day. That's how I look mm-hmm. at it. You know, I, I've got to have the right habits in place. One of them, you know, my current routine is my first thing is I get in the cold shower for five minutes and I listen to positive self-talk recordings. So it's like a one, two punch of just challenging yourself and get, getting your head in the right mindset. Then I journal, then I meditate. Um, I, I listen to self-talk with my son. So all of these things are really about starting the day off in a different state with high quality thinking and feeling confident that I can soothe myself and it, it carries over the rest of the day. So, um, you, you know, you're big on habits. You've helped me with some habits too. What, what, what about you? What, what are the ones that get you out of your comfort zone? Yeah. I mean, habits, habits are, uh, you know, you, we are what we do repeatedly. And, uh, so habits is, was one of the things that, one of my coaches said, if you want to change your life, you've got to change your habits. And it's not just easy habits. You've got to make them, you've got to make some habits really uncomfortable. So for example, uh, I have, you know, morning rituals and evening rituals. Morning rituals is, is like not touching the phone for the first one hour and then using that time to meditate, uh, read, read, read something, learn something and, and you know, really take time out for myself. Uh, other rituals, you know, like, cold shower i've been in cold showers for five years you know i don't start always with a cold shower but end with a cold shower and i think that's something that every every nice guy's got to do every man's got to do is is something in the day that they don't want to do something that's difficult or a challenge or a push and you know cold shower i hate the cold shower even after five years i'm like i dread it (laughs) but i know that you know everything that i want is on the other side of comfort so everything you know we as men got to really push ourselves. So there is something in my day that I always got to push. And I've been reading a lot about stoicism. And one of the things that it says that, you know, one of the virtues is courage. And I'm asking myself is like, if I had more courage in this situation, how would I act? How would I show up? What would I say? What would I do? 
and this keeps ruminating in my in my mind is like for example if i had more courage what would i be saying what would i be doing and what i notice is that it's allowed me to push myself because i want to take the easy route you know like nice guys we just want the comfortable easy route out here i'm saying like okay what would it be like if i leaned in to courage so my rituals are mindset physical uh which challenge me and push me and they make a huge difference in how i show up and in also for how my kids show up because in my for my kids i always say that look if you want easy that you won't have the rewards of what hard things are because they want a lot of rewards for a lot of things i'm saying well then you've got to do the hard work for it if you want internet then you've got to earn your internet you've got to earn uh, your privileges in the house because when you get out in the world you're not going to be given them and that's a message that a lot of guys missed i missed this is that you we're not going to be given things on a planet especially if you're a man if you're a man that entitlement you can't have that not because you've you know like for women being good looking gives her so many door opens up so many doors for guys it's our character our hard work that allows us to open doors and that's so important for that message to get across Yeah you you said some really important things there. I I think with the with the cold shower first thing in the morning it's a reminder for me that I'm a badass I do hard things. You know it's mm. it's it's a reminder every day. You know and I have that split second of hesitation. Am I doing this again? Am I doing this again? And I get in and yeah it's it's a little bit of discomfort. It's a reminder that you do hard things. So if if you need that reminder every day which I do um get get in the cold shower and don't think about it too much. Um another th- another thing Faisal you brought up is you know you're you're having conversations with yourself you know about like am I being courageous or what do, what do I need to get more courage in my life like who has those kinds of conversations so, somebody who has really worked through a lot of their their nice guy stuff. You know, so you've got to be talking to yourself every day and cultivating high quality thinking. You know, whether it's through journaling, self-talk, having conversations like this, this this is essential. That's what that's one of my take-homes. Agreed. Yeah, you have to have um you have to become your own coach. You know, you have to be the one that cuz nobody's going to come and motivate you except yourself, right? And like you were saying, we resist things that are difficult because those difficult things create a tension. But you only grow with tension, right? If you go to the gym, you lift weights, right? And you do that why? The tension. There's two things that will help you create growth exponential growth and that's tension and repetition tension and repetition if you if you do the thing that you don't want to do that causes tension and you do it continuously what happens is that muscle starts to grow if you just go to the gym once and you work out once you're not going to grow right so you want to have both of these things tension and repetition and when we put aside and what comfort is is putting both of those things aside is just putting that i'm just going to relax and what happens when you relax you atrophy 
you know, you die a slow death. And I think that, you know, when you look around uh, some of the the people in the world who've just kind of given up on themselves and given up on life and they just, they, they do whatever they can to resist any kind of tension. Those are the people that are atrophying and you can just see it on their face. Just this, you know, they're just dying the slow death. And I want to be alive. I want to be, I want to be vital and I want to influence and I want to, you know, teach and I want to, I want to encourage other people because when I do that, I'm encouraging myself. I'm loving myself. And when I'm loving myself from a place of, you know, loving is doing right. So I'm doing to myself loving and then doing to others. That's when I'm in that space of the masculine. And then there's other times where I'll be in the receiving part of it, but I want to create a balance. And just like working out, you know, you have to rest in between those reps so that you grow. Maybe that's the third thing, repetition, tension, and rest. I love that. High performance resting. If you're going to be a high performance, you know, if, if you're going to rest, rest hard. How do you how do you know when you're resting for comfort versus resting <laughs> for challenge? Or that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> that's a whole other podcast. So, gentlemen, thank you so much for that. I love the insights that we, we you know got from here. And you know, comfort is there's a time and a place for comfort, but also there's a time and a place to be challenged and push and try. So, appreciate you guys on the Nice Guy Podcast Show and look forward to seeing you guys in the next one. So, don't forget to click and subscribe, and we'll see you soon. Take care. You've been listening to The Nice Guy Show, the podcast that helps nice guys move past their insecurities and fears into the fullness of their masculine strength and confidence. Be sure to like and subscribe to our podcast and check out the website, niceguyshow.com, for more information on how to connect with Chuck and Faisal. Until next time, keep living your best life.